0: What did I come expecting to receive today? Did I come because I thought it was a cool idea to come to church because that's awesome and we're honored that you're here? Or did you come expecting God to shift your life to something new? Because I'm telling you right now, that's what God has for you today. And I can't wait for you to see all that I believe that God's gonna do in your life. Today is the second part of our series The Blessed Life and I'm going to pray in just a second but I want to tell you one quick thing. I've never taught a message in four years being a pastor. I've never taught a message on tithing. I've taught messages on generosity and I've taught messages but I always felt like it was depressing and pushing down and so I would throw it in but not make it a theme. Can I tell you that I believe in four years God's never given me a word like the one he's given me today. And it's on the tithe, and it's like it makes no sense. And so here's what I'm asking you to do. When you hear that, some of you are like, crap, right? I picked a bad day. Let me promise you, you picked the best day you possibly could to come to the house of the Lord. And I'm asking you to do one thing with me. Just lean in. Just lean in and ask God, what, what do you have for me today? Will you pray with me? God, we're just believing you for more. We're believing that you're about to do something so major in people's lives that it's going to change things forever and ever. And so, God, this is your day. What an amazing morning of worship to you. And now, God, just move like only you can. Use these words to touch the lives of all of us so that we're never the same. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Y'all have a seat. Y'all have a seat. This morning, I want to teach you a principle. Principle you're new with Four Points, we're honored that you're here. What an honor to have so many guests. Four Points, can we, can we celebrate how many first-time guests we have this morning? Come on. That's not a celebration. Can we celebrate? So listen, if you're new, you might not have heard this before. A principle with, without principles, which are, which are laws or rules or things for us to, to go by, without principles, promises are empty. A principle and a promise are your guardrails so that you can live your fullest life in Jesus Christ. And so if you just claim the promises of God and you don't live by the principles of God, you are reckless and you are going down a road that's never going to receive the promises. Or let me just say this, never going to receive the blessed life. Shameless plug. But like you have to understand the principles. You have to understand the principles. And so today's message is called the principle of the first. Somebody say principle of the first. I want you to look at your neighbor, tap him on the shoulder and say, if you're not first, you're last. Say that to your neighbor. If you're not first, you're last. If you're not first, you're last. Like 10 years ago, that movie was awesome. And now I'm still quoting it. So y'all forgive me. I live in the past. It's all good. Principle of the first. And this is the deal. This is the deal. Do not miss this because I'm telling you right now, this principle has literally changed my life and how I look at this. And my heart is about to explode because of this principle. So if you have your Bibles today, I want you to turn to Exodus chapter 13, Exodus chapter 13. And I want you to know one thing about why we're going to Exodus. Because everybody's like, dang, not only are we talking about the tithe, but we're going to Exodus, right? That's crazy. So here's this little thing. I want y'all to get this. If you walk away with nothing else, maybe you can learn this and you tell your friends and you can sound really smart. Can y'all, some of y'all, can y'all see my shadow on the stage? Can y'all see it? Say yes or no if you can see it. Yes. So y'all can see it. Like three no's so that y'all try to see it, right? I can see stuff about me when I look at my shadow. I can see that I'm holding a microphone and I'm shaking it. I can see that my head is rather large, right? Come on. I can tell that I have five fingers. I can't tell absolute details. I can tell that I cast a fairly large shadow because I'm a fairly large dude, right? And, and I know things about me. Well, the Old Testament, don't miss this. If you just read through it and you go quickly, you'll miss this. It is a type and shadow is what it's literally called of Jesus to come. And there's so many things that we skip right over because we read it fast and we're like, I wasn't talking about Jesus. That was talking about the Lord said to Moses, consecrate the firstborn, right? But, the, but this is a picture and a type and shadow is what it's literally called of Jesus to come. And this is what made my heart just explode this week because I've never seen this picture of Jesus until this week. So here we go. Exodus chapter 13 verse 1 the Lord said to Moses, consecrate, which means set apart. To me, all of, y'all say it with me, all of the firstborn, firstborn, whatever is the first to open the womb, meaning the first baby that comes out of mama cow's belly is mine. Y'all with me? Nobody's with me. Are y'all with me? Praise the Lord. The first one that comes out is mine. I want it. And you have the rest. The first one to open the womb. Among the people of Israel, both man and beast is mine. Now, skip down to verse 12. And he's talking about this, talking about this, talking about this. And then he gets to the culmination right here. In just a couple verses, he says, verse 12, You shall set apart, consecrate to the Lord all that is first opens the womb. All that first opens the womb. All the firstborn of your animals that are males shall be the Lord's. And then verse 13 is where it gets crazy and where I get a bit Pentecostal. Come on, somebody. Every firstborn of a donkey. Somebody say donkey. Hee-haw, right? Somebody, listen, this is the point. Donkeys, and this is not going to come as a big surprise, are unclean animals, yes. right? <laughs> Somebody said amen, because y'all know that donkeys are nasty. But like, donkeys are unclean. Now, if this is a, a trial, and everybody's on trial in this room, and the only ones that are, that are free, or that are not donkeys, and I feel bad because I'm calling y'all a donkey, if you know what I mean. But like, if, if all of us or unclean, or clean, based solely on what you do. And if you've ever done one thing wrong, which one are you? Come on, be honest. Unclean. And so it says, for every firstborn donkey, you shall redeem. Say redeem. Redeem Redeem with a lamb. Now, did that say you shall redeem with another donkey? No. It says you shall redeem with a lamb, or it will not redeem it, and you shall break its neck. The only chance that you can redeem this unclean is with a lamb that is spotless and clean. Man, that sounds like a a type and shadow of John the Baptist who said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Everybody look. All of you are just like this. And there's nothing you can do to redeem yourself. And so he says something has to take the place of these unclean animals or, or you just have to kill them. you got to break their necks because they cannot be clean before God. You can't use them. They're not, they're not, there's nothing you can do with them. And so he says take the donkey, but instead of doing something with it, you have to, you have to take a clean lamb. Whew, that's good. We'll get there in a minute. Every firstborn of man among your sons, you shall redeem. And so here's the first thing that I want you to know. And it's the very first starting point. Number one, if y'all are taking notes, I want y'all to take notes today because you will not remember this and you want to remember this, I promise you. The first, the very first, must be given for the rest to be redeemed. And so listen, we're going to lock in, but I need y'all right here. So many of us miss this because we look and say, yeah, but, but that's talking about a donkey and a lamb and it's kind of weird and it's three, 4,000 years ago. Like so, so what are we really talking about? What are we really talking about? The first must be given so the rest is redeemed. This word redeemed means to be brought back and made clean or made whole. And, and y'all watch those credit card commercials, right? You redeem your skyline miles, right? And everybody's seen them and you're like, nope. And if you've ever had a bad credit card, and, and anyone that's had a credit card, come on now, has had a bad <laughs> one. But anyway. Y'all don't have credit card debt, and that's awesome. Because some of y'all should have said, praise the Lord, right there. But like, come on. But in order to get something back, sometimes you gotta fight, and sometimes you gotta do. And listen, so many people believe that if I'm good enough, if I try hard enough, then I can be redeemed. You cannot on your own do anything to ever bring it back to wholeness. You can't do it, and that's the beauty. The first had to be given. So the unclean could be clean. And that's for everything in your life, including your tithe. And so there's, there's stories in the Old Testament that are, again, types and shadows. And So Moses goes to Pharaoh and he says, Pharaoh, let my people go. Let my people go. And finally, God did all this stuff. And he let them go and he crossed, they cross over the Red Sea and they go into the desert for 40 years. And then finally, Joshua leads them over the Jordan River and into Israel, the Promised Land. Okay, And he says, I want you to go to Jericho and this is the first city that you're going to have. And it was a powerful city, it was an important city, a bunch of pagans lived there, it was a bad place. But it was a very important place to to own it, to be, this is where God's people are going to start. And he said one thing, he said, listen, you're not going to have to fight, you're just going to circle the city, and on the seventh day you're going to circle it seven times, And you're going to yell and blow your horns and the walls are going to fall down and you're going to take the land. Well, that sounds like a plan to me. Are y'all with me? That sounds good. If I don't have to fight and I get this whole nice city and it's mine, then that's awesome. And he says, there's one thing, Joshua chapter six, there's one thing that you can't do. One thing, don't do this. All the silver and gold, don't keep it. All the silver and gold, every vessel, every single thing, everything in there, bronze and iron are holy to the Lord. And they shall go into the treasury of the Lord. Everything, like, I used to read this and go, that's weird. Like, why would God want all of the stuff? Why, why wouldn't he just want a tenth, right? That's the tithe. The point here is it was the first. It was the very first city. And he said, listen, if you'll give me the first of this, I'll bless the rest. Everything else will be redeemed. When you go to the next one, it's yours. But this one is mine. I want all of the gold and all of the silver and everything that is in this city. I need it all so that I can bless everything else. And everyone obeyed. Everyone obeyed. Except for one cat. That's a dude, if y'all don't know what cat means. Everybody obeyed except for one person. And his name was Achan. And here's what the Bible says in chapter 7, verse 1. But the people of Israel broke faith. That's crazy, right? Everybody broke faith because one man broke faith. In regard to the devoted things, for Achan, the son of that person, and the son of that person, and that person, right? <laughs> Whatever. Like, in, from the tribe of Judah. Took some. He didn't take all of it. He just took a little bit. And can you, can you picture being with Achan? Like, is it really that big of a deal? I'm Just going to take a little bit. God ain't even going to know. Like, it, is this? Come on, God. Like, for real? You got everything, and you're God. And I'm not. And just let me keep a little bit. You know I need it, right? I'm trying to pay the bills. I got, if you knew how much formula was, somebody needs to say amen. And diapers today, praise the Lord, Hasten, please get out of diapers. But like, <laughs> if you knew how much everything was, then you wouldn't argue with me. I need this. I need, a, I need to keep this for me. I, I, you can redeem the rest, and you, plus your God, and you have the power to just say "poosh," and make it all right. And he took some of the devoted things and the anger of the Lord Burned against the people of Israel. And listen, let me tell you what happened. They had this great victory there. And he said, give it all to me so that, so that you don't have to worry about it the rest. You, you just give me your first and I will bless the rest. It will be redeemed. It will not fall under a curse like we talked about last week, but it will be blessed by God. One person withheld. They go to the next city called I, Ai, A-I, and they were horribly defeated, soundly defeated. Why? Because the hand of God was taken off of the people of Israel. In a place that was a much smaller opponent, a much easier opponent, destroyed them because they decided that their way was better than God's way. Now I just wonder, for the people that call Four Points Home, if God is waiting to bless this house till every person doesn't withhold their first fruits, The first of every month or the first time you get paid that you give him the first tenth and then he'll bless the rest. I wonder if we're being graded on his scale, on God's scale. I wonder if that may be the reason that he's withholding and what the miracles of God will look like when we stop saying, God, for real, you don't really need this. Can I let me let me go a little deeper. I wonder what our homes look like when we ask God all the time to bless our marriages, but we don't do it God's way. I wonder. I wonder what it will look like when we complain about our jobs all the time, but we don't give our best in our first, and try as absolutely hard as we can, and we're just yeah yeah and at the water cooler telling everybody how bad we've got it, and not showing everybody what we've got in Jesus Christ. I wonder what it looks like when we give God our first in everything, or are we gonna be aching, and say, God? I don't get this. I, I deserve mine. I deserve a little bit. Here's the thing that I think is so funny. He's God and He owns it all. And He just asks you to give Him first so He can give you best. And He can bless the rest. But we withhold and we say, God, this doesn't, this doesn't really make sense because you should just bless me and I should be able to do what I want to do. Can I just show you this? Aiken's disobedience. Put everybody under a curse. And the reason why is because he held his first from God's house. Let me promise you something. And you may not like this part, but it's about to get good. If if the first thing that you do, and I know some of y'all are teenagers and you're like, I don't even make money yet. But you have time and you have talent. And with the money that God has given you to make, if the very first thing you do before you pay your car payment, before you pay your house payment, before you go shopping, and get some more J's. Come on, somebody say amen to some Jordans. Whatever you do, if the first and the fatted and the best is not to God, he cannot bless the rest. He doesn't hate you. He's not mad at you. He simply is not capable. And so you have to ask this question to yourself. Is God mad at me? Or is it possibly me that's putting my family under a curse? Is it possibly me withholding from God's best that's put me in the position that I'm in. And I wish I could talk to a pastor or I wish I could talk to somebody that was really good that could wave a wand and fix it. And I feel like if God could stand in front of us, he would just simply say, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting to bless your home. I'm waiting to bless your life. This is not a promise that you'll be rich. This is a promise that you'll be blessed from God. But a principle and a promise must go together or we're just empty promises wandering aimlessly saying, God, when are you going to bless me? I know the plans you have for me, declares the Lord, plan to prosper and not to harm me and give a hope and a future. And we quote those verses and we miss these principles. Don't miss it. Because God will not bless something that is not able to receive his blessing. And this is the problem. We withhold. And then we say, but God, I can't afford it. I'm promising you this. You can't afford not to. I'll take 90% with God over 100% without any day of the week because I'm betting that 90% is going to be more than your 100. And it's going to go crazy. Number two. The first must be offered. Somebody say offered. Offered. First must be offered. Offered. It must be offered. It can't just be like, God, just take it out because that would be easier. And then I don't have to look at it. Listen, this is a part of worship. It's your split with your life. Romans 12 said this is your spiritual act of worship that I offer my body a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God that I set myself apart and say, God, you're first, you're above all and before all, and the rest you'll bless, but you receive the first. You must offer it. It is part of worship. My worship experience in this first service and in the second service was unbelievable, but part of worship is when I give God my first and my best. It's part of worship. Proverbs chapter 3 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with your stuff, with your finances, with your mammon, by the way, this little side note if you were here last week. Honor God with your, all of your stuff and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then, here's the promise, but don't miss the principle. Then, your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. It will, it's a promise. It's there. But you can't miss the principle and get to the promise. And that's what we do all the time. Don't do it. Because I'm telling you, God wants to richly bless His people so much. Do you realize, and I'm just gonna repeat this, I said it last week, that God said it's better to give than receive, which means it, it pleases God more to give to you than when you give to Him. Did you know that? That is a fact, that is the blessing from God, but He will not give to those that haven't honored Him with their first. Now, Exodus chapter 23 says, the best of the first fruits, not just the first, but the best of the first. Of your ground you shall bring into the house of the Lord you shall bring to the church you shall bring to the storehouse you should bring here and give and then say God bless the rest I'm returning this to you now bless the rest I'm returning this to you now bless the rest when I was in um, college I asked one of my college professors a question about um, Cain and Abel so if you know the Bible Cain and Abel first sons. Uh, Adam and Eve had sons, Cain and Abel, and they're born. And they, the, the story ends really quickly with both of them because Cain has a bit of a temper <laughs> and he, he gets mad and he kills his brother. And I've always kind of wondered this, like what, what's the difference? Because he gave. Can y'all lean in with me? We give, right? And we're like, God, I gave a little bit. So what's the difference? And I believe you can see the type and shadow or the picture In Genesis chapter 4, and here's what it says. Here's what it says. Genesis chapter 4, in the course of time, meaning over some years, Cain brought the Lord. Y'all say it out loud as loud as you can. Cain brought the Lord. Now, did that say the first or did that say an offering? It said an offering, right? Cain brought the Lord an offering. of fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought. So they both brought. But one brought an offering and one brought the first offering born of his flock and their fat portions. The best of the best versus, all right, I got this, I got this, I got this. God, there you go. We give him part and, we, and he's part of my life and it's all good, right? Because, because I come to church and God, you can have a little bit of me, but, but the difference is Abel understood. And Abel is the picture of Jesus in Matthew twenty three twenty three. Abel is the picture of the rest of the chapter because he's the picture of righteousness before God. You get the first, you get the best, and I'm going to die in place. And what we do is we say, this makes no sense because they both gave, but it makes perfect sense because one gave the first, and one gave an offering. And here's what the Bible says. The Lord had regard, meaning he showed favor. He, He could receive it for Abel. Why? Because Abel gave his first and his best in his offering. But verse 4 says, but Cain and his offering, he had no regard. And it sounds like God's really mean, right? Like God, he brought something to you like, what's wrong with you? And then Cain got really angry and fell on his face. And he was mad. I'm going to teach y'all a big word. And we're going to throw it on the screen. This is a big church word and it's cool. But y'all say it out loud. I need y'all to say say, immutability. Now y'all can do it again because we can get it better. Say immutability. immutability. Which simply means God is incapable of changing. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is love, he is just, and he will never not be those things. As a result, this principle applies to all of us so deeply because God has to be the way that he is. He cannot move, he cannot change. He is who he is and he is perfect and awesome and powerful and loving and he wants to richly bless you. But if you bring him half or bring him a little or don't offer him all of your first, he cannot do it. It wasn't that he didn't want to. It wasn't that he wouldn't. It's that he could not accept Cain's offering. He could not accept it. And I just wonder today, how many of you have given yourself or given an offering that is the tithe, the first 10% of your money. And the truth of the matter is, you withheld just a little bit, or you withheld a lot bit. And God couldn't accept it. Because you withheld from him and said, God, I don't understand. And then we get angry. And so here's the tension. And I'm going to get to the really, really stinking, awesome part. So many of us, we feel like, man, this just feels like another tax sermon where the church wants my money and you go through this and this manipulation. God just wants all my stuff. I don't get it. He doesn't want me to have a full life. I don't get all this and he won't even accept it. I need y'all to get this. Please, please lean in. God doesn't not accept it because he's mad at you. God never gets mad at you when you withhold. I think it breaks his heart because he so richly wants to bless you. And he so richly desires to see us change lives for the name of Jesus Christ. But because our way is better than God's way and our actions speak louder than what our words say so often, that I believe God is sitting, waiting patiently for us to say, you have all of me. You have all of me. God, I'm giving you every part of who I am and I'm going to give you my first. And here's the deal, the last point. The tithe must be first. The tithe must be first. The tithe must be first. I want you to think about it like this because I think we have some tension in our lives when it comes to the tithe because this is what we say. And there's some really cool messages about whose stuff your stuff belongs to. And I've preached those in the past, but this is specifically about the tithe. So um, Davin and I do a lot together, and Davin has a nice truck. And every once in a while, I do not own a truck, and every once in a while, Davin will first of all, I call Davin and say, hey man, can I borrow your truck? And He's like, yeah, that'll work. I'm not using it this week or whatever. And so we trade vehicles or Davin just lets me borrow his truck. And I drive it for two days, three days, whatever the case may be. I just want y'all to picture this. And y'all can laugh and let the tension ease up a little bit. But what if like, what if I borrow it today? Right? Because I do need it. Praise the Lord. And, and like I borrow it and like Friday, let's just say Friday of this week. I look at Lee and say, you know what, I need to give Davin this truck, said, but let's pray about it and make sure that this is what we're supposed to do, and, and Lee and I sit down at the table and we pray, Lord, is this something I should do, should I give him this truck, or should I keep it for myself, All right. and everybody in here is going, this is dumb, right, <laughs> because he's going to beat you up, and everything's going, nah, but, it, but it's going to turn bad, right, and so I go to David. I'm like, look. After a lot of prayer and after a lot of thinking, this is what this is with love. Okay, I'm giving you this truck. You're welcome, right? And the, the conversation's like, who are you talking? You're giving me what I paid for. You're giving me what I own. It, it's in my name. I'm like, yeah, but I prayed about it, and I'm giving it to you, bro. And you're welcome. Listen, there's not one time, and I, y- you're welcome to look. Bring or return. Every single time is what the Bible says about the tithe. Bring or return what's rightfully his to the house of God. Return to the Lord the tithe. Return to the Lord the tithe. And it is no different than me looking at Davin and saying, Hey man, I thought about this a lot and I'm going to give you what's rightfully yours. (laughs) And it's funny. and, And I laugh and I laughed even thinking about it. But the fact of the matter is that's what we tell God all the time. Because here's the deal. Generosity begins when the tithe ends. My generosity doesn't start until I've already given God his first. All I'm doing there is being obedient and giving God what's first. But I feel like we get to the place where we say it just feels like there's so much tension and it's just like a tax. God just wants my stuff and it feels like a tax. Now here's the good news. Back to Exodus chapter 13. I've tried this like five times. I, I, I preached this part at my house, at my kitchen with Leah. And I was like, I gotta practice this because I don't wanna cry. And I, I'm, I'm gonna cry. So I'm just warning y'all right now. I'm gonna tear up because I think this is the most beautiful picture of the type and shadow of Jesus Christ, especially when it comes to your stuff I've ever seen. My goodness. Exodus 13, this is, this is the repetitive verse. We've already done this. Every firstborn unclean, you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you don't, you have to break its neck because it cannot be redeemed on its own. Every firstborn man among your sons, you shall redeem. Now look at this. I'm telling you, this is good, y'all. When in And when in time to come, your son asks you, well, y'all just picture this with me. 3,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago, a man and his boy are sitting in a rock cave called a house. And they got chairs out. And the boy starts working for his dad at a young age. And so at 16, he's looking at him, he's like, bro, I'm the accountant because I'm much smarter than you. And you're just like the cow dude and and the lamb dude and all that, like you make things happen. And I make sure the money's good bro, do you realize that last year we killed 70 sheep? Bro, you know how much money 70 sheep is? Like, that's dumb. What's wrong with you? And it says, you shall say to him, by the strong hand of the Lord, by a strong hand of the Lord, brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. Listen to me. Every person in this room that's trusted Jesus Christ by the strong hand of the Lord through the first tithe ever given. Colossians says he's the firstborn of all creation. God sent Jesus to be the firstborn, the lamb of God that took away the sins. And as a result, I have hope. And he says, listen, I was in slavery. Paul says over and over that I was a slave to my sin, that myself, my choices, I was enslaved to them. And he says, listen, this is why from the house of slavery, Just picture that boy and his dad. He's like, why would you do this? He said, dude, when we were in Egypt, we were slaves. Here's verse 15. When Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both firstborn of man and firstborn of animals. And this is it. Therefore, I sacrifice. I return to God. I I bring my first to God. I sacrifice to the Lord all the males that first open the womb but all the first one of my sons I redeem. And I can just hear this guy saying this. Man, it's an honor to get to give back to God because he saved me from hostility. He saved me from slavery. I'm not doing something to earn God's favor. I'm not doing something so God likes me. I'm doing something because of what God did for me. And it is an honor that he would receive my gift and bless the rest. And so this is... I just, I just pictured this, I put Haston on my lap and I, he's my three-year-old and I practiced with my son, just picturing years down the road when he kind of knows what's going on in our finances and he says, dad, do you realize that you gave $10,000 to the church last year? $10,000 bro, like think about that vacation. About the car that you could have like extra stuff spending money the coolest season tickets you can possibly imagine whatever you want to do that's the extra why would you give this money is what the boy was asking in the previous verse why would you do this dude this is dumb we could make so much more money and this is what I'm going to tell my boy when I was hopeless when I was lost when I had nothing at just the right time is what Romans chapter 5 says when I was hopeless and lost Christ came to rescue me God demonstrated his love for us that while I was a sinner enslaved he died for us you see son the first tithe isn't what I give the first tithe isn't what they gave the first tithe is what God gave through the person of Jesus Christ the only thing that I do is just bring back to God what's rightfully His. You see, I'm not doing anything. I'm just returning and letting Him bless the rest. And I can't wait to see what God's going to do as a result. You see, it's not a burden. It's not a tax on your life. It's not an overwhelming curse. What an honor that God would allow me to return to Him what's rightfully His. But I believe the biggest honor is that the first tithe first tithe was Jesus. And at the point that you look and say, I never want to give to God. I never want it to be his. Listen to me carefully. I say this with love and not condemnation. It is impossible to be radically changed by Jesus Christ and to look him in the face and say, God, you gave your first. And the only chance that I had was to be, to be redeemed. It's through the blood that was shed in Jesus. And all I'm doing is setting myself apart and letting you bless the rest in my time, and my talent, and in my tithe, my first tenth. If you look at that and say, I'm not into that, let me promise you what you're not into, and that's Jesus. Because if you want me to tell you where you are with Jesus... start flowing out. So here's the deal. I believe that God is speaking to many of you today because I believe for the very first time, listen, I believe for the very first time some of you need to receive the tithe. See, it's not for you to give or return is the right word if you've never received Jesus as your Savior and Lord. It's silly. You're trying to pay your way to heaven. This is not a penance. This is not getting closer to God. This is just simply returning and letting Him bless the rest. And I believe many of you need to receive before you start giving. And the receive that you need is for Jesus to radically change your life. Because you are enslaved to your sin. And the Bible says that you will be separated from God for all of eternity. The broken neck is a picture of what we will truly be when we're separated from God. But guess what? There was a lamb that died so that you wouldn't have to be alone. So that you wouldn't have to be separated. And so that you could be redeemed here's what I hope today, is that you'll receive that gift. You'll receive his tithe and let it change your life forever and ever. Will you pray with me? God, I believe you're speaking to people in this room and I believe there's many people who are far from you. And God, I just pray that you'll save them right now. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, quickly, I just want you to be honest. Pastor, the truth is, man, I feel like you were talking straight to me. I've never received Jesus as my Savior and Lord, I've never trusted Him. I've never given Him my heart and life and today that's what I want to do. If that's you, if that's you in boldness, I just want you to raise your hand as high as you can and say, bro, that's me. I need Jesus to change my life. Today I need to be saved. Thank you. Keep it up. Keep your hand up if you don't mind. That's me. Who else? That's me, Pastor, man. I need Jesus to save me and change me forever and ever. If you're the person that raised your hand, I want you will to fill that card out and then as soon as the service is over go back to the, to the back wall and someone will be standing there with you and we want to help you take your next steps and we're so excited church are we excited about one person saying yes to Jesus today here's the last thing and I here's the thing I, I want y'all to look at me I don't want you to respond because to tell you the truth and this is just my honesty before you I don't know how to ask you to respond other than this I want you to ask God what your first is because it's not just money. It is absolutely your money, but it is not just your money. It's your time, it's your stuff, it's your energy, it's your work, it's everything. If you don't give God the best and the first, the rest will not be blessed. He will redeem everything, he will bless everything, but here's what I want you to do. Please do not ask God anymore to bless something you haven't been faithful with because he cannot he cannot, he will not he loves you, he is not mad at you, but he is waiting waiting, waiting so that he can pour out his love all over you and so I'm asking you as you leave here today to ask God, God what's my first and if you've never given start today, with saying God today, I don't even know if I can afford it But I'm trusting you that you will do what you said you're going to do. And I'm not playing hocus pocus, but I'm going to give you my first. Guys, I'm telling you, I got story after story that I can give you, and it is amazing. God will richly bless every single one of you if you give him your first. Will you stand with me? God, we're just believing and trusting as a people that unlike the people of Israel that withheld, we're not going to be that. And as for us in our house, we will serve the Lord. And what that means, God, is we're going to give you our first in everything. God, this isn't condemnation. This isn't manipulation. This is a celebration that we get to return a picture or a shadow of what you did for us that was so much greater than any amount of money or stuff that we can give because it was the person of Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, what a blessing and honor to serve you. Use everything that you receive today in return and multiply it in Jesus' name. And everybody said,